Blog Talk Radio. I'll have some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some lonely nights but when I when I look around and I think things over All of my good days outweigh my bad days. I, I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I can hardly the road I ask the question Lord Lord why so much pain but he knows what's best for me Oh, that is so good. 
Are you still down Myrtle Beach, or did your family come home? We're home. We're back home. Okay. And how was that New Year's Eve service? It was off the hook. It was wonderful. <laughs> yes, uh, Apostle Lockerbie was with his family in Myrtle Beach during the Christmas holidays, and I asked him, did he have those 20 grandchildren with him? And truly he is blessed to have his daughter and elder and all of those who's going to participate tonight. But before we turn it over to him, Apostle Lockerbie, let me ask you a question when the Bible speaks about faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, can you give us information about that, or what do you believe that is telling us? Well, you know that uh, faith and, and uh, joy and love is, love, joy, and faith is, is of the Holy Spirit. Uh, these things are manifest not in the flesh, but they manifest in the spirit, and even though those are great. Fruits of the Spirit, love is the greatest one because love is like the wrapping uh, on everything. Say for, for example, a bag of potato chips. Uh, the, 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 the bag is really no good after you get the chips out, but it is important to have the bag on the chip to keep the chip fresh while they, you do before you do open them. So love is a wrapping. It wraps up everything. It wraps up your gift. It wraps up your calling. It wraps up everything you have to do and keeps it fresh. So a wrapping keeps the candy fresh so that nobody else can put their hands on it. They might touch it, but they can't touch what's on the inside because that's what they're wrapping for, to protect the inside so that nobody just can't go there and put their hand and germs on it any kind of way. So that's what love does. Love is like a wrapping. It keeps the germs off. It keeps, it keeps sin off. Amen. It, it, it wraps it from the enemy. And that's why the Bible says wrap everything and love everything you do when you get through doing it. Wrap it in love because love is the greatest of it all. It's good to prophesy. It's good to have know it, find and wonder. It's good to be deep in the give. It's good to have knowledge and wisdom and understanding beyond one wilder dream, see into tomorrow. But love is the most important gift of all because love will be here when everything else fails because God is love. That's why he said love. Because he wasn't just talking about a natural word, love, but he talked the Bible said God is love. So we're really talking about God. So that's the greatest gift in the fruit of the Spirit is love because that's the, that's God himself and his own attributes. God Almighty. <laughs> I told you Apostle Lockamy has that wisdom gift to go behind the veil and explain it to us. So that wrapping keeps that Holy Ghost fresh, keep us fresh, and have us all uh, like you said, geared up to do what God had for us to do. Good God Almighty. So what is faith? Faith is, as it is said in the word, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not. See, faith is like making a cake. You get all the substance that you need, your baking powder, and I ain't all into making cake. I'm trying to leave everybody cook cake different. You get you get your extract, you get your your, your, your vanilla, and your, you get your chocolate, uh, whatever you're going to make a chocolate cake, and you get your cake mix, and you get your butter, and your sugar, and your milk, and all them things, a little bit of salt and pepper, whatever you're going to put in your cake. Those are, that's not the cake. That's the substance of the cake. But when you mix all them things together, then you will have your cake after you put it in the oven and get it baked. But it takes all those things to make your cake. So they they, they stand in the gap. They represent what your cake going to be before you get your cake. And that's what faith does. Faith stands in the gap and represents what you ask God for until you get it. It's the substance of the thing that you want. And then and, and, and until you get it, faith stands in the gap for it. You know, the Lord gave me a word for this year. He said, walk in expectancy. What does it mean when God wants us to expect or to walk in expectancy? What is he saying? It's like you know it's going to rain, and you know it's going to rain without a doubt. So why would you leave home without an umbrella when you already know it's really going to rain? You you already the weatherman done told you to expect rain, and he said it's 90% rain, expect it. And a wise person would get an umbrella. They wouldn't say to that. They would not say to that. Well, a man don't know what he's talking about because he done told him it's going to be an eighty percent, ninety percent chance. And most of the time, when it's only fifty percent chance, it rains. So if they got an eighty percent chance it's going to rain, they know for surely that it's going to rain. So they expect that rain. So when you expect something, you prepare for it. Mm-mm. 
So when God said expected, that means he we can expect his word to come true, the promises yes. he said for us, the vision and dreams he has given us, all of the things that he has said what he's going to do when we walk in expectancy and walk in faith. And it says yeah. that we can hope for those things as well. Is there any definition or explanation of hope? Well, see, so that's what hope is. Hope is not faith. Hope, hope. A faith is what you believe in. Hope is what helps you wait until you get it. Hope is your helper. It helps you to wait on it till it get till you that come. Faith believes that it is gonna come. Help helps you hold on until it comes. That's what hope does. Cause you know God's not a lying God. If He said it, He's gonna do it. Let every man be a liar and God be the truth. So God said it. You can expect it to come to pass without a shadow of a doubt. And hope will help you to hold on to that expectation. Wow, and the Bible says a lot to put our trust in God, and that's the last thing I want to ask you about. What is trust in God? It's simply uh, believing him. The Bible said that Abraham believed in God, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. When you, when, you, when you believe in someone, you will do whatever they tell you to do without question. You trust them. You know, a, ba- a, baby, a baby trusts his mama. Uh, to hold him. A baby trusts the mama to protect it. No mama going to drop that baby, and that baby knows that. So when that baby gets in that mama's arm, it feels so comfortable. It feels so safe. So it knows that from the past experience, that mama ain't dropped it yet. So from past experience, it knows mama ain't going to drop it now. So it has confidence in mama. So that's what trust is, having confidence in someone. And that distrust is in God, having confidence that God is not a lying God. He said he wouldn't lie. He said he would do it. And if he said it, he would do it, then we got to trust just that. Good God Almighty. Apostle Lockerbie, I'm going to turn it over to you. You truly have answered our questions. For those of you who just tuned in, we're talking to Apostle Alexander Lockerbie right out of Irwin, North Carolina. We will give you his phone number at the end if you would like to invite him to uh, your church. And truly, he is with us on Thursdays from 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. as we turn it over to the burning bush. Amen. Yes, we want to talk tonight to the radio world about going into the new year with change. We have talked about change, and yet we're still the same way we were before we talked about it last year. Every year we go in a New Year resolution that we're going to change, but yet we end up still doing the same thing over and over again. And we want to change, but we don't want the consequence that comes behind change. We we don't want the, 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 the repercussion that comes behind change. A change is going to hurt. We don't want to deal with the hurt. So many people want change because they know that change brings hurt. A change brings disappointment. Uh, 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 a change won't always make things turn out in their favor, but yet they want to change. When you when you come down dealing with change, you got to be willing to accept what change brings. Because change is always not going to turn out in your favor, but change will always turn out for the best. And Jesus said in the in the book of Matthew, chapter the thirty fourth verse, he, he 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 wrote a scripture, and the scripture said, "Think not." that I am come to send peace on the earth. He said, I came not to send peace on the earth, but a sword. He said, for I have come to set a man at variance against his father and his daughter and his mother and the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law. And I read all this, and I was like, well, God, you, you, you said we can't have, we better have peace. We had it more abundantly. But in this scripture, he was trying to say is that when, when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, it's going to bring a change. Old things are going to pass away. Behold, all things are going to become new. You become a new creature. Now listen, just because you got saved don't mean your husband going to get saved. Just because you got saved don't mean the children in the house going to get saved. Just because you got saved. Don't be your daughter-in-law, your father-in-law, your mother-in-law going to get saved. Salvation came to your house, but it didn't come to their house. So for that reason, the Bible said the husband to get the wife. 
that's because the wife got went to the prayer meeting one night or went to a Bible study one night or went to some worship service one night and she came back saved. Now that she's saved, she gets back home trying to share this salvation with her husband and he don't want it. He don't want to change. He don't want to change from his wicked ways. He he don't want to change from those ungodly life. So now there's confusion in the home. Now she got to go back home to a man that ain't saved who is doing ungodly things and cursing her out and, and calling her all kind of names because she got salvation. And that's what Jesus meant. He said, I came to bring a sword. Now he is, this thing that's supposed to be so wonderful and so sweet has become a disappointment to her in her home. And 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 she's here is now she's hurting by by accepting Jesus as Lord. So you would think that that would have brought brought peace to the house, but instead it brought confusion. And so that's what happened when you get salvation. We 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 teach it that everything gonna be all right when you get saved, and that's the wrong way to teach because there ain't no guarantee everything gonna be all right when you get saved. Yes, all things gonna work together for your good. In the end, it's gonna be all right, but it not may not be all right right now. And so we have to go through the process that whenever salvation comes and when change comes, you got to be willing to deal with the hurt that change brings. Because hurt can bring, uh, change can bring hurt sometimes. It can bring disappointment. It can bring tears in your eyes. It can make your husband walk out the house. It can make the wife walk out the house. It can make the children walk out the house. Why? Because they don't want that. You got everybody don't want Jesus. Everybody don't want to be saved. Everybody don't want to be born again. And you can't push salvation down no one's throat. So if they don't want it, then you can't do anything about it. So that's why Jesus said he came not to bring peace but confusion, to bring a sword between the daughter-in-law and the father-in-law. Now the, now the, the, the daughter-in-law ain't saved, but the father-in-law is. And the daughter-in-law don't like the father-in-law because the father-in-law got salvation. She don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. And, and now they're confusing in the home. So I want to tell you, if you don't want to change uh, don't mess with Jesus, because it bothered me that so many people say that they've been born again, say that they saved and sanctified, Holy Ghost sealed and fire baptized, and still doing the same thing they were doing before they got saved and sanctified, Holy Ghost sealed and fire baptized. Ain't no way you can continue to do the same thing whenever you've been born again. Because the Bible said that will you shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? When Jesus came, he brings change. That's what he meant when he said he brings variance in the home, confusion in the home, misunderstanding in the home. Because if somebody gonna get somebody somebody gonna be different when they get saved. You ain't gonna go back home from that revival you've been born again and go back to that same old life. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Oh, let me slow down a little bit. Getting good to me. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus, and your old ways and your old habits and your old behavior is going to pass away. This ain't got nothing to do with what you're going to do. This got to do with what the power of God is going to do through Christ Jesus. Jesus is going to do this here. Not you going to go to some seminary or go and practice on how to live better, but the spirit on the inside because you got a new nature. What happened is now, people getting saved now without new natures. They get out the same old nature, talking about they saved, talking about they've been born again and got the same old Adamic nature that they had when they had with Adam. But the Bible said that we that, 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 that old nature, that old Adamic nature been taken away that we had with Adam, and we've been getting a new nature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Behold, all things. We don't think that way no more because we don't have that nature no more. Now, if you take a hog and a hog, and you take him and put a three-piece suit on him and, and put some states of items on him, wash him up real good, and hog going back to the mud because you changed the hog, but you didn't change his nature. And his nature is walling the mud. So quite naturally, he's going right back to that mud because his nature had been changed. And the Bible tells us to be so careful that we be not like the hog that went back to the mud or the dog that went back and eat that that he threw up. Whenever you go back, and, and, and to that life that you used to live and, and that God delivered you from is like you, like a dog that threw something up and that's very nasty and go back and eat it. It's unclean. And, and, and I want to let you know you can change. Ain't nobody on this world that can't change. When Jesus comes into your life, if you truly got Jesus, you is going to change. For the power of God through the Holy Ghost will change you moment by moment, minute by minute. I don't care what habit you got. I don't care if you're caught up on drugs. 
I don't care if you call it on alcohol. I don't care if you call it on sexual uh, uh, activity, uh, informity. I don't care if you're a lady or the night. I don't care how strong out you be it. I don't care how far, far to the bottom you fall in. If you get Jesus in your life, you is going to change. God is going to do a new thing on the inside of you. A spiritual thing is going to happen on the inside of you. Oh, he will do it. He will do it. My dad was an alcoholic. Not only was my dad an alcoholic, my dad was 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 a carrier. He he made the alcohol and he he distributed it from from home to home or whoever wanted it. You know how those movies on TV they put the alcohol in the trunk of the car and they they, they go sell it to the store and all the people out in the country whatever my dad did. He he was a distributor. He drank all his life. But my mama was a praying woman and my mama prayed. Uh, that my daddy would get out of, off of alcohol, that my daddy would leave that alcohol along. And my daddy told my mama, you can pray all you want to. You can pray to Oral Roberts. You, you, you can pray to Billy Graham. I don't care who you pray to. I'm not quit drinking. I've been drinking ever since I was a little boy, and I'll be drinking the day I die. So my mama wrote letters to Oral Roberts and Billy Graham and these different uh, mighty men of God in those days. This was years ago. And, 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 and wrote letters to them concerning my dad. That my dad would quit drinking, and and and, and my dad said he, he said she's just wasting her time and wasting her ain't. But one morning, one Monday morning, my dad got up and and got his pint of liquor. That was my dad's breakfast. It, it was breakfast something. Dinner. He didn't eat a lot, but he drank a lot. He'd take a pint of liquor with him to work every morning. That was his breakfast. But my dad got up to drink him some of that liquor that he always made, and it came back up. He threw it up. He 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 waited later on in the afternoon and he tried again and he threw it back up. My mama told him that I prayed for you that God might deliver you. He said, I don't care what you pray. He said, This is a virus. This is a virus. This ain't this ain't no change in no prayer. So my daddy waited the Tuesday and he tried again and it came back up. He tried again on Wednesday and it came back up. And my daddy came to the conclusion that God had did something on the inside of him. God delivered my daddy from drinking liquor. When my daddy closed his eyes and seen Jesus, he made Jesus Lord and Savior in his life, and he, he, and, he, and he stopped drinking liquor. Not only did that happen, but all the other men in the neighborhood, old men, been drinking for years, been drinking for years, told my mama to pray for them too. Pray for them that they could quit drinking. I don't want you to know that Jesus it will bring a change. But see, people don't want Jesus. The Bible said they, they won't come to the light. Let it reveal their darkness. It reveal their wicked ways. They don't want Jesus. So that's why people don't want Jesus, because they know Jesus bring a change. If Jesus comes into your life, he will bring a change. He will heal you. He'll deliver you. He'll set you free. He'll put your marriage back together. He'll put your home back together. He'll put your mind back together. So change is something that you have to want, because if you don't want it, it won't happen. You can't change ain't something you talk about. Change is something that you do. So I just wrote down a little bit the definition for change. This is what I got for for the definition for change. To make someone to make someone a something different, to alter or to modify, to replace something with something else, to substitute one thing for another. This is the definition. For change, the other word, you can't, you won't be looking the same way or doing the same thing when you become, when you change, when God, you let Jesus change you. The Bible said old things pass away. That's why, because God had come in your life, and you're taking away that old Adamic nature and gave you that new nature in Christ Jesus, and automatically a metamorphosis began to work on the inside of you. It's kind of like a a, a toady frog. Uh, uh, before a toady frog become a toady frog, he's a tadpole, and he's in a pond, and he look like a a drop, a eye drop. The little thing, he looked like a little eye drop. But as he grows from metamorphosis, out of a while, his feet come out and his legs come out. Now, when he's in the pond. He's limited to the water. He can't go no further but for the pond. But whenever he manifests himself and a metamorphosis take place, now he can he can go all over the land. He can come out of the pond. He can jump all over the grass and jump to another pond if he want to. But that would not have happened if he hadn't went through the metamorphosis. He had nothing. This Tony Frog had nothing to do with the metamorphosis. It was part of what God had put in his life. So it was going to happen whether he liked it or not. So it is with a caterpillar. 
he crawled for a little while. But when he go to that cocoon and that metamorphosis take place in him, then a change take place while he's inside a cocoon. Now, and, and he stays there. And he stays there, and and then while he's there, he changes from a from a from a caterpillar to a butterfly. He begins to take a wing. Then when he develops to the point that he needs to come out of it, he takes and cuts himself out of that cocoon with his wing, and then he flies. Now he was limited when he was a caterpillar; he could only crawl on the back of the stalk or whatever he was crawling on. But now that he done went through the metamorphosis, he can fly all over the world. He can fly through the air. He can fly where he want to. And this is what happened when we get saved and we don't get the Holy Ghost. When we don't get the Holy Ghost, we limit ourselves to the pond. We limit ourselves to the back of the pond. All we can do is swim in the pond and crawl on the back of the pond. But when we get the Holy Ghost, then a metamorphosis takes place on the inside of us. And we change from one grace into another. Oh, God, the Bible said when we was out of the world, we went from iniquity to iniquity. But now that we got the Holy Ghost, now that we've been born again, now that we got this Spirit of God on the inside, a metamorphosis is taking place in us. And the Bible said a change, a supernatural change take place in us. That's why Paul said, or that's what John the Baptist said. He said, I baptize you with water, but that one come after me is preferred before I. Paul said, I'm not worthy, or John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, and that with a mighty burning fire. Uh, now, he said that fire will burn up the chaff with the inquisible fire. Now, that chaff he was talking about was those issues in our lives, that lying and cussing and adultery and fornication and, and, and drugs and, and, and uh, illicit sex and, and all the ungodly things that I will not even name tonight, these things that are in us, these things, the works of the flesh. When, whenever the, the Holy Ghost comes to burn up these works of the flesh, so we can walk in the fruits of the Spirit. And that's what the Holy Ghost, that's why we need the Holy Ghost. It's good to have salvation. Ain't nothing wrong with salvation. But salvation does not do what the Holy Ghost does. He comes and he burns up the child. I believe I heard Moses say the bird, the bush, that he went and saw the bush burning. But the bush didn't burn up. This is what the Holy Ghost does. It burns on you on the inside, but it don't burn you. It burns up that lying. It burns up that cussing. It burns up that covetousness. It burns up that bite biting, but it don't burn you. It purifies you. It, pur- it purges you. It, it makes you clean. Uh, 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 for God, and that's what the Holy Ghost does. So, so many people want to change, but I come out and let you know you can change, but you got to want to change, and you got to be willing to deal with the consequence that comes from change. Because it's not going to work in your favor all the time. You can't want to change and don't, don't want nothing else to happen. You 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 can't want to change and, and, and want things to stay their way. And when you ask God to fix your marriage, change might take place. God may have her to leave. God may have him to leave in order for the change to take place and maybe come back together later on. The scripture said, well, two don't agree. that one go to the north and one go to the south. And then later on, when you get your act together, come on back together. And, 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 and when you ask God to fix something, you got to expect change to come, because something is not going to get fixed unless a change take place. Now, you want to be more wealthier next year than you did this year, then you can't be at every Friday uh, sale that go on. You, you can't be buying everything that you don't need trying to get more money. In, in order for you to be more wealthier, you got to do without today so you can have tomorrow. you got to learn how to sacrifice today in order for you can be more blessed tomorrow. You got to help change out because change needs your help. Whatever you're doing in life, even in your mind, you, you got to do those things that bring change. The truth is what's never lovely, what's never pure, what's never holy, what's never just, what's never a good report, what's never a virtue, uh, uh, what's never a, 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 a trustworthy. Think on these things. This is how you change your mind to positivity and not negativity. The devil got you depressed. The devil got you in anxiety. The devil got you worried. The devil got you doubting. The devil got you looking back. The devil got you talking about, I'm going to give up. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, what I'm going to do now, this is not the way God wants you to think, because those are poison thoughts. Those thoughts that bring on doubt, those are thoughts that bring on anxiety, those are thoughts that make you feel bad. But you've got to think positive. 
Think about what's in there was lovely. Think about how good God been to you. Think about if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side. Think about it could have been the other way. Think about what happened to others could have happened to you. Look at the positive thing. If you start kept that, if you start counting all the positive things and and stop counting the negative things, I guarantee you, you end up with more positive things than you do negative things. We have more negative things in our lives because. We, we count them more than we do the positive thing. Yes, that's my favorite song. I won't complain. Well, oh, when I think of the good days and all and add up the bad days, oh, I won't complain. Because even though it looked like I had a lot of bad days, oh, my God, I had more good days than I had bad days. And so have you. It doesn't look like you had more bad days than good days because it looked like bad don't want to go nowhere. But remember this. Just know that God be on for you, who then can be against you. For all things does work together for good, the devil who love God, the devil who have been called according to his purpose. If God have called you, he's on your side. If God have called you, he ain't going to let you down. If God be your God, you're going to come out. I come out of here. I don't care who you is. I don't care where you at right now. You can mark it on your calendar 12 months from this day and call me back and tell me if you want to. But I guarantee you, if you give it to God, if you give it to Jesus, he will fix it every time. The Bible says, cast thy care upon the Lord, because he cares for you. So you've got to have a different mindset to do that. You, you can't keep fixing things yourself. You've got to let God fix it. Your wife out there running up and down the highway won't stay off your cell, husband's cell phone, won't stay off the Internet trying to find out what he's going to do with it. You ain't going to fix this problem, baby. God got to fix it. You get that husband to God. If that husband doing wrong, if that husband cheating, if that husband running around on you, got them children all in the car about to have a wreck out there trying to find out who house he going to, where he at, where you need to be at home on your knees praying. You need to commit thy way unto the Lord. See, you, what you don't understand, wife, is God's on your side. Anyway, anytime when a man and a woman get married, this is a personal thing to God because the Bible said marriage is next to heaven. It's close. It's close to God. It represents Jesus Christ and the bride. So whenever a husband cheats on a wife or a wife cheats on a husband, God steps in. He already intervened. He already going to fix the situation. So when you put your hand in it, all out there raising sand and ready to fight him and sitting home with a gun and a knife in your hand, ready to hurt him when he get home. That's not the way you fix it. Go into your prayer closet. Get on your knees. Get that man to God. God can fix him. God the only way can change a man. God can only way can fix a man. What you fit to do is tear up your marriage. What you do is fit to tear up your home. What you fit to do is call chaos. What you fit to do is call things to be out of control. Get on your knees and pray. Commit thy way. That's what the scripture says. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and he will establish it and bring it to pass. That means get that husband. And the same thing over with the white men. Get your wife to God. Uh, do like Hosea, baby. Stay home and don't worry about it. Oh, my God. I don't think nobody been done no work than Hosea was. And when Homer did Hosea, the way she cheated on him, and yet it had the baby behind his back who was wanting his children, but yet he waited on God. He was patient. He stayed home and prayed, took care of their children. Sometimes in waiting, you don't feel it's going to be hurt. Sometimes in waiting, doing it God way, you're going to be disappointed. It's going to look like you're done wrong. It's going to look like that this ain't the thing for you to do, but but you have to let God fix it, because God can fix it better than you can. Uh, I know you feel like you need to do something. I know you need to feel like you need to put your hand in it and go straighten her out and go straighten him out. Oh, don't do that, baby. Many people have died from trying to take matters in their own hands. You stay home. You stay right there. You wait on God. Let God fix it. Let God bring that change, because God is a change, and he's able to change it. He's able to fix it. So I say to each and every one on the radio world, make up your mind that you're going to let God change some things in your life this year. You done tried it. You done messed up. Pastor, I tell you, Apostle, I done, I done tried to quit drinking. Try again. Try it again. Don't quit. Try it again. Don't, don't let the devil make you stop telling you that you can't stop drinking, you can't stop doing drugs. Uh, I know you say you've been born again. I know that you say you're saved. You got them habits. That's why the strippers sit right out every way. 
and the sin so easily beset you. Lay it down. That means lay it down at Jesus' feet. Lay it down and commit thy way unto the Lord. That's what it was to say. Lay it down. It means to commit it unto the Lord. Lay down every way, and the sin so easily beset you. Lay it down in God's hand. Give it to God. That thing that keep making you do wrong, that thing that keep making you sin, that thing that keep making you come short of the glory of God, lay it down. Give it to Jesus. I declare he is able. He will deliver her. He will deliver her. When he saved me there in prison, I was on drugs. I was running needles up my veins. But he delivered me, and I didn't have to go to no rehab. I didn't have to go to no rehabilitation. I didn't have to take my one class because of the power of his Holy Spirit that took the desire away. I, I, I speak now to everyone. They're the control by desire. They're the control by desire. No matter what the desire there is, whether it be alcohol, whether it be lust, whether it be drugs, give it to God. He'll take the desire away. And where there is no desire, there is no temptation. For the devil cannot tempt you where there is no desire. He tempts you because there's a desire there. The devil knows you desire that, so that's why he tempts you there. Why the scripture said uh, 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 that the devil tempts us according to our lust for desire. He said a man is tempted when he's drawn away with his own lust. And when lust is finished, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death, spiritual death, meaning it steals the anointed out of your gift, the anointed out of your calling, the anointed out of your 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 your, your life, where where you, where you don't have no no enthusiasm, you you don't have no drive. Your reputation is damaged, but folks don't want to believe in you because of the lifestyle you live. But I come out and tell you, give it to the Lord because he had the ability all to deliver you. He can bring change. When you go into, 20, into 2023, go in with a mindset to change. Change me, Lord. Change me because he can change you. God, That's why God sent Jesus. Jesus came to bring a change. If he in your life, it ain't changing you, you might need to go get him again. Because if Jesus is in you, you're going to change. Nobody can get connected to Jesus. Nobody can tell me that Jesus is in their life and you ain't changing. He'll change you from one grace into another. And he'll take you to higher heights. He'll take you to deeper depth. He'll take you places that you ain't never been. But you got to want to change. You've got to have that mindset, change me, Lord. Change me. And it may not happen overnight. Maybe you might fall again and get back up. You might fall again, but get back up. Give it to the Lord. Know that he's working on you. Know that all things is working together for your good, to them that love the Lord. And know, therefore, it says, but if any man be in Christ Jesus, he a new creature. All things are passed away. The whole all thing is in you. You are saved. You are a new creature. The devil has been lying to you because you made a mistake, telling you ain't saved. You, you ain't been born again. If you were saved, why you do that? Don't pay Satan no attention because he's the accuser of the brother. His job is to accuse you. His job is to make you feel bad. His job is to make you feel like you ain't been saved. You haven't been born again. And, uh, he, he, he always telling you lost. He ain't never told you you were saved. Uh, he never gonna tell you you say, but he'll tell you that you lost. But you gotta know that you've been born again. You get, you gotta know that you made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. And when you know you've been born again, you just pray and get back up. And God will straighten you after a while, and you won't be falling down. You want you like a baby. So a baby falls down when it first gets saved. A baby falls down when it first born. But as that baby go from day to day, and from week to week. Otherwise, that baby builds up confidence from his mama, holding her hand out so the baby can reach her hand. At first, she grabs the baby so the baby can't fall. And then after a while, she'll pull her hand back and let the baby walk on his own. And the baby might fall, but the baby will get back up. And this is what God does. He holds his hand out at first so we'll have something to hold on to, build up our confidence. Then he backs up and let us stand up on our own. I come out and tell you today that God is bringing, want to bring some change. That marriage is not going to get better. Come on, husband, wife, you want you 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 want your, your marriage to change? Then you got to do the thing you did when you first got them. You got to start back being romantic. You got to start back buying her some candy. 
You got to start by buying her some flowers. You got to start back by taking her to the movies. You got to go back walking in the park. You got to start back holding hands with one another. You got to tell her how pretty she is when she get up on Sunday morning and getting dressed and getting dressed for church rather than out in the car blowing the horn waiting for her to come to the car when you should be in there helping her and, and husband and wife and I bet you you father that that, that got these got these children and the wife struggling hard as she can to get them dressed on Sunday morning, to get them dressed. You out there in the car blowing the horn, telling her to come on. Uh, she didn't have no children by herself, so you need to be in there helping her as much as you can to get them children dressed. Because these things are important to a woman. When you end up help her get them children, get them boys, get them girls dressed, and then you go out there and, and open that door. And, and oh, yeah, that'd be nice to open the door again. You done changed on her. You wonder why your marriage is getting dull. You wonder why your marriage about to end up in the vortical because you don't forgot to do the, 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 the elementary thing that you did when you first married her. Yes, go ahead around and open that door for her. Don't put on no front. Go around and open that door. You may not think it's important to her, but it's important that you open that door for her. Wait to help her get the children in the car. Don't be driving off, about to tear the heel off of her car, off of her shoes, while she's trying to get in the car and had to put the children in. You go there and make sure she helped get them children in that car, and then you shut that door. Uh-huh. You be you be a Christian at home. Don't wait you get to church and be a Christian. You be a Christian at home. Change from the way you treat treat her. Talk to her like she like she somebody. Don't don't be be all talking nice to the pastor and nice to the first lady at the church in the middle of the church and talking to her like she's an animal, talking to her like she ain't nobody. Uh, we, we you gotta change your attitude towards her if you want your marriage to be better. Your marriage will end up in the vortical if you don't change from what you're doing. You telling her you love her? No. Paying the bill don't show you love her. Just because you paid all the bill, that don't mean a thing. That's your responsibility to pay the bill. But you need to hold her. You need to hug her. You need to tell her. You need to show her by your faithfulness that you love her. For your, by not uh, letting the infidelity come into, into marriage, not letting unfaithfulness come into the marriage, but love her. Through Jesus Christ, who does what Jesus came, He came to bring peace in the home where peace can come. And yes, He said, "I came to make have peace and have that more abundantly." Yes, He is a God of peace. He is a God of assurance. He He did He did He did come to put the crooked ways straight. He did come to put the broken pieces back together. And God want to put our home back together. So many homes are breaking. I mean, Christian home. I ain't talking about a worldly home. I'm talking about Christian home because we don't know how to forgive one another. We got to learn how to forgive. And forget it. Put it behind it. Quit holding a diary of one another's faith. It's over with. Yesterday is gone. Paul said, forget the thing that are behind us. Read forward to the thing that are before. We got to press for the mark of a pride of a higher calling in Christ Jesus. So I want to ensure, I want to encourage you. You can't change. Ain't nothing in your life that you can't change. I don't care that that habit. You think that habit got you? God let me know one time. No, the the, the habit don't have you. You have the habit. You just think the habit has you. But what you need to do is turn loose. If, If it had you, God wouldn't tell you to let it go. He said he told you to let it go. He didn't tell it to let you go. He said told you to let it go. So really, it ain't got you. You got it. You the one holding on to it. You the one that won't turn loose. You the one that won't lay it down. He didn't tell it to lay you down. He told you to lay it down. So we we have more power over things than we think we do, and we just don't want to. We we don't want that unfamiliarity. We get caught up in familiarity. Now we think what we're doing is so right. We've been doing it for so long that it seems like it's right. But I come out and encourage you. Let God come into your mind, and, and I'm going to close out with this. Let God come into your mind and bring a change in your thought. See, it got to start in the mind. The heart's messed up because the mind messed up. Uh-huh. The, uh, the mind what messes up the heart. The thoughts of the mind messes up the thoughts of the heart. So check the thoughts in your mind. Make sure the thoughts in your mind are according to the word of God. Think like God thinks. Do it the way God would do it. They got a shirt out now. What would Jesus do? Yeah, what would Jesus do? Do it the way Jesus would do it. Read the Bible. Read up about things in the Bible, about whatever you're going through, about family. A family is of great importance. It is important how the wife treats the husband, and the husband treats the wife, and 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 the and the, and the, and the ch- wife and children treat their parents. And I say to all you parents that got children now, they're turning 18 and 19 and 20 years old. Quit treating them like they're 11 and 12 years old. They're not 11 and 12 no more. Give them a break. Give them a relief. 
quit demanding them and, and, and putting curfews on them when they they don't got up in age now. Give them a little bit more break. Because the Bible says provoke not their children wrath. You're mad because your children rebelling against you, but you, you're provoking them to do it because you won't give them no leeway now. They are 21 years old, and you and you still and you still got that tight curfew on them. But you need to let them, you need to give some leeway now. You got to understand that they're not teeth, they're not little 11 years old no more. They trust them more. Give them an opportunity to make a mistake. Just like your parents gave you an opportunity to make mistakes. Give them an opportunity to make a mistake. We pray that they don't make no mistake, but give them an opportunity to make the mistake. And you and you and you speak well of your children. Speak kind. Don't cuss in front of your children. Don't cuss your children out. Talk to Christian folks now. You say you've been born again, and you're cussing out your children. Don't cuss your children out. Don't don't use profanity in front of your children and your grandbaby. But if you if you if you taking on the name of Christ, then walk like Christ. Talk like Christ, love like Christ, be like Christ. Let Christ be the attribute of everything you do. Because, see, he the, the only God that the world going to know is the God on the inside of us. And the Bible says that we name the name of Christ, ought we not walk like him? Shouldn't we talk like him? Shouldn't we act like him? Oh, it would be so nice that the world would, would, would begin to, to say they've been born again and trying to say the law. We're trying to say the law, but we act like we lost ourselves. And we don't take nothing no more. We are so touchy. We're so quick to curse. We're so quick to use uh, 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 evil words. When the Paul said, put these things far from you. Why? Because we got another conversation. My mama also used to tell us, baby, she said, I never heard my mama cuss. My mama said, you can communicate without cussing. I going to tell somebody out there in the radio world, you can communicate without cussing. You do not how to cuss. You do not have to cuss in order to communicate with nobody. I don't care how mad you get. I, I don't care how angry you is. I don't care what they've done to you. You can still communicate without cussing. So think about it. Help change out. Change needs your help. C-H-A-N-G-E, change. That means to do things different, but it needs your help. You can't keep on doing the same old thing expecting a different result. you got to do something different. No matter what it is, you, 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 you wonder why you keep getting fired because you keep going to work late. So if you keep getting up late, you're going to get to work late. So what you got to do is plan to get up even earlier so you can get to work on time. We keep doing the same thing. We blame the supervisor. We manage the supervisor. Not only do we get to work late, we go straight to the bathroom, we go straight to the break room, and here it is another half hour before we get on our job. And we think that they're angry. That, oh, oh, they don't like us. Oh, they're picking on me. No, 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 no. You need to change. Because the Bible says the honest day work for honest day pay. You ain't gave them no eight hours. You ain't gave them a six hour and a half because the other hour and a half you wasted, and they're watching you. So if you want your supervisor to like you, if you want your supervisor to promote you, if you want to make your supervisor make you a supervisor, then you need to act that way on your job. Quit talking about the supervisor. Quit talking about the overseer. Because the very person you're talking to is going to go back and tell somebody. So I want to let you know that change can take place on your job. Change can take place in your marriage. Change. Change can take place in your church. Change can take place in your life. But you got to help change take place. So I say to you, you go to this new year, take change with you. Apostle? Amen and amen. It was powerful because change is necessary for us to be better human beings for Christ. What What is it sometimes, like what you said was so powerful, that people blame everyone else and point the finger but they don't look at themselves that they need to change yes that is true and that's what the devil does he knows as long as i can focus on you and blame you for my mistake i'm never going to change another week month you're going to go by because now i'm blaming susie i'm blaming betty i'm blaming tommy and next year i'm gonna blame ted and next year i'm gonna blame eddie so all these years going by and i'm still doing the same old thing because i blame somebody else for this for the results that are coming in my life for the situation that is in my life for for the outcome of my life when i won't look at my own self and say god show me myself see sometimes god will show you you if you ask him Hello? Yes, I'm here. I'm listening to you. Yeah, God will show you you because the problem is in you. But until you add God to show you, the devil always show you somebody else, and you will fail to realize that if you change, uh, 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 then, uh, then the situation change. 
I reminded of a story I heard about this lady who was married. Her husband was a, a drunk, and he was unsaved, and he was as mean as he could be. And he, she went to the pastor. They had the pastor to pray for her and because of the marriage, because she wanted to stay in the marriage. And the pastor prayed for her, and he didn't see the woman no more in about four years. And, and the woman looked so vivid. She was so so lit up, so anointed. She had that virtue look in her face. So the pastor thought maybe that she got got that her husband had got saved or something. He said, "Well, uh, your husband got saved." She said, "No, she was the devil he was." She said, "But I did." You know what I'm saying? She said, "I changed." So I realized that he won't want to change, and if I continue to stay the way I was, it was, it was going to, you know, steal my joy. She said, so I decided to just go on and trust God and get joy and let him stay the way he was. So sometimes God don't always change the situation. Sometimes he changes us. And, Dad, I will agree with you. I see sometimes, and if I step on your toes, just say, ouch, whoever listening. I noticed sometimes, and you mentioned quite a lot tonight about married people. And I listen to those who are married, and like you said, sometimes the women can forsake the husband because she's all up in the church, or the women, you know, um, not only, like you said, speak nice to the man of God, but won't speak nice to a husband. And And the same thing, vice versa, that the husband is so busy in the church that the wife sometimes feels like she left out or not apart. I see sometimes that gentlemen are deacons or they ministers, and they way up in the church, and the church, and the woman is sitting back like a little wallflower, and it's sad. But what what I like what you said that they have to do the same thing they did in the beginning to make the marriage work. And why is it so important that even though you're in the church now, that you still retain that respect and level of appreciation in marriage? Because he said in the word, he said, for the wife and the husband to forsake all other and love him only. In other words, you 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 put God first, and then you then you then the husband and wife is next, then the children is next, then the church is next. He should forsake all other and love her only. What happened here? We get so caught up in religion that we end up putting the church above above our husband, above our wife. He said, let the husband love the church. And Christ, he said, let the husband love his wife. And Christ loved the church. He didn't say, let the husband love the church. And Christ loved the church. He said, let the husband love his wife. And Christ loved the church. Christ's going to love the church. You love your wife. You love your woman. You love your husband. And make sure that they know you love them and put them first. Yes, and, you know, I agree with you because I hear sometimes listening to young ministers They'll say, well, my wife is not on my level, or I'm a minister or elder or deacon or whatever they are. And it almost seems like they're ashamed that the person is not on their level, and they do a lot of complaining. I had one uh, young man one time that he told me, he said, "Um, well, I'm going to go get married again to someone that's on my level. And... I was very surprised by that, that instead of working out the problem, he kind of dismissed that she wasn't on the same minister level. What do you say about that, especially those leaders? Well, that's that's uh, what's called pride. That's just a prideful statement because if she was saved and she was born again, she is on his level. He should be not equally yoked with unbeliever. If she was a believer, then she's on his level. And just because he may be, more knowing it or more educated in the area of his ministry, he got to understand you got to leave church at church and leave home at home. You see what I'm saying? He should have left church at church. When he got to the house, there weren't no measurement at the house. At the house, you the husband and she the wife and the children the children. So you don't take that mess home. So that's what messes up marriages when you, you're trying to be the apostle at the house. You're trying to be the bishop at the house, trying to be the deacon at the house. No, when you walked out the churchyard and got in the car, you ain't the deacon at the house no more. You're the husband at the house. You're the wife at the house. And when we learn how to keep claims in their perspective and don't put the cart before the horse, we'll find out that marriage will be so much better at home. He said, husband, love your wife. Love her at home. And you, you, ain't, you ain't trying to run the revival at the house. You, you're trying to love her at the house. So when you leave the house, you then can run a revival. <laughs> Dad, you kill it. Oh my God. That's why I said tell everybody he step on your shoes. Just an ouch. Just an ouch. Now here's another tough one right here. 
before I announce um, your phone number where you are, I have heard individuals say, well, I asked them, I said, are you married? And they said, I'm separated or I'm going through a divorce. I said, but you're still married, right? Yeah, but I'm separated. Why is it it's so important that, to me, I just don't understand. If you are a married person, are you allowed to date even though you separated? Since you're talking about marriage, we're stepping on toes. No, no. You you, you mean you, and you ain't divorced? Right. No, 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 no. You you shut one door before you open up another. You ain't got no business out there dating nobody, and you and and and, and, and you hear you still in the relationship. Y'all y'all hadn't even got a divorce. If you're in the process to get divorced, you need to get that divorce. And by the way, if you were so much in love with her in the first place, why are you out here trying to date somebody else? Talking about you love someone else. You said you said that you love her, and now you is you trying to love marry somebody, and y'all ain't even got a divorce yet. So that that you know there's something wrong there somewhere in that picture. Well, Dad brought it up, so God is speaking through him to us. So you heard it. It says that if you're married, you're still married. You're not supposed to date. And like Dad, it was so funny. He said that when you home, be the husband to your house and uh, be the husband to your wife as well. You don't need to start a revival or walk around as a bishop in your home. You're the husband. So, I mean, somebody must need this that I'm sure they called in the need to hear this. We're talking about being respectful, honoring marriage, as well as that God has joined two together. Let no man separate. Anything else you want to add to that before I give them the, your address and we get ready to close out? Yo, no, make sure that you don't made up your mind to change this year to change and ask God, what do I need to change? And then when you do that, let God change. And when God changes, don't mess with it. Just take it however he do it. Don't try to tell him how to do it, but you don't know. If you knew how to do it, you would need God help. The Lord changed me in the area of my life where I need to be changed, that I can be all that you have me to be, and I declare God will do just that. I want to ask one last question that came in my spirit. Now, you're separated and you're married. Why did God kept bringing about adultery, that he did not like adultery? Because some people believe because they separated from their wife or their husband that they commit adultery. What is so great a sin about that, Dad? What you mean you said they separated when they what now? What is the sin that's behind the adultery that it mentioned in the Bible that it says that about adultery, that's one of the things that God is not pleased with that when we commit adultery. What is, I mean, what do you have to say about adultery? Because it 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 it, it, it defiles the relationship with the other partner. It defiles it, 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 it them and it it brings the reproach between them and, and 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 because they are one, and now you don't the mix uh you don't mix yourself with them now. And the Bible said that when 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 a man lay with a out, he become one with her. He become one in spirit. Now you don't came one in spirit with another man of wife and another man of husband, and God forbid that because there can't be only but one relationship there that between him and her. And when you had that affair, you brought yourself in it, and that broke God up, uh, uh, that that defiled God's plan for that husband, that wife. Well, you heard it from Apostle Alexander Lockamy. His number is nine one zero six. Five eight five two zero six. Again, that's Apostle Alexander Lockamy, L O C K A M Y. The number to invite him out for engagements is nine one zero six five eight five two zero six. The name of his church is the Burning Bush Non-Denominational Church of Deliverance. Again, the Burning Bush. Non-denominational Church of Deliverance, 402 13th Street in Irwin, North Carolina. God bless you again. You can hear Apostle Lockamy every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Would you like to close out or pray anything you want to say before we say goodbye to everyone? Yes, bless you, Father. This new year, God, I ask that you would get in the mind of the people, God and show them where they need to change, because so many need to change, but they become uh, conformant to their ways and their habits. 
they became familiarity, Lord, and they, they're satisfied with what they're doing. What they're doing, God, is bringing corruption. What they're doing is bringing discord. What they're doing is separating you from them, oh, God. And and I add that you will give them a mind that want to change. And then I add that you will help them change. Change, God, from one grace into another, Lord. Do this for them, Lord. Break every yoke. Pull out every stronghold. Lift every burden. Move everything out the way that will keep the change from coming to pass. And the glory shall be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. And God bless you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.